Welcome to Fireside Chat, a short interlude with weekly features, where I, Yehoshop Lucas, will be showcasing and interviewing prominent D&D creators. This week, we are talking to Sly Flourish, the author of titles such as The Lazy Dungeon Master and many other fantastic 5th edition supplements about his lazy DM preparation method to prepare for D&D games quickly and painlessly. You're the inventor of the lazy dungeon master method. What are its key components and uh, why might someone use it? Yeah, so the lazy dungeon master idea is intended to help people run better D&D games by doing less prep. It originally started off as the idea of just helping people fit prep in their very busy lives to begin with and not lose anything from their game. But through a lot of experience, other people's experiences using it, what we found is that people's games actually get better when they prepare less. That's not a zero-sum game, though, so you can't say, like, well, it gets infinitely better if I do zero prep. Uh, Some prep is definitely required for most DMs. There are some DMs who go completely on their own, but most DMs have some amount of prep. So the idea behind the Lazy Dungeon Master and Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master is to prep as little as you need to run the game you need to run and focus that prep on the things that are going to matter most to the fun of the game. Could you quickly outline the method for someone who is unfamiliar with your past work? In Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, I have eight steps. The eight steps are not all-inclusive, so you don't need to use all eight if you don't need them. They're really eight things, like the maximum is kind of around eight, and then you can cut the ones that you don't really need. The eight steps are review your characters, who are the characters, and what matters to the characters in the game. Just go over them and figure out who they are. Have a strong start. Start your game off with a bang, sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively, but throw them into the middle of the action early so that you're getting your players' heads out of the real world and their heads into the world you're running. Understand what scenes might occur during your game. Like have a very loose outline of like, what are the things that I think might happen in this next game? A big one is develop 10 secrets and clues. What are 10 things the characters can learn in the next session of their game? Then we have outline the locations that the characters might visit during this game. What are the set pieces? If you think about it like a play, what are the stages that you're going to have for each of the scenes of the game? What's in the backdrop? Who are the NPCs that they might meet in this game? What monsters might they fight? And what treasure might they acquire? So if you fill out that list, you generally, many people have found that they generally have enough to be able to run a session of a game with that material on hand. And the steps are designed to recognize the fact that the game can go in many different directions. So they're not tied so tightly together that you find you're stuck when the characters all jog left when you expected them to go straight ahead. What advice would you give a dungeon master who's looking to explore or adjust your method? Making the steps your own is really important. So recognizing the fact that we all have really different ways that we prepare And while a lot of people have looked at that book and looked at the eight steps and said, wow, this is so much easier than it was the way I was doing it before, I think it really works best when it's tailored around the DM and the kind of stuff they need. So many, many DMs that I've talked to have said like, oh, I really like the secrets of clues step, but I don't really use the scene step. Or I tie my monsters and my locations together. I don't have a separate set of locations and a separate set of monsters. Or I don't use the strong start. Each of my games sort of leads into the next, so I don't really have to worry about a strong start. So tailoring it for what you need is really the easiest way to kind of get involved. And then reviewing it regularly, like looking at the process. I think studying our process, and I do it, like the steps between the original Lazy Dungeon Master and Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master are very different 
because after time, I saw how are these things getting used? How do they work for me? And what's the reality of how I'm prepping my game now? What are the major things to think about when using the lazy dungeon master method in a pre-prepared module like Course of Strive? There are certain steps that are handled for you when you're running a published adventure, so you don't need to spend as much time on them than if you're running your own adventure or your own campaign world. A couple of the big ones are generally speaking, locations are handled for you ahead of time. So you might just jot down the name of a location, but you don't have to go hunt down for a map. You don't have to fill out the locations to make sure that there's things in rooms that the characters will figure out. So there's a lot of things you can skip there. You can generally skip the monster step because again, the monsters are in the module, so you're in the adventure, so you know what kind of monsters you're generally going to face. You don't have to prepare those ahead of time. Treasure is the same way. NPCs is the same way. I do find that reviewing the characters, having a strong start, and having 10 secrets and clues that the characters can discover in the next game are still really useful for a published adventure. Those three steps in particular, I think, when I've run published adventures and when I ran Curse of Strahd, those three steps really helped me run a published adventure. But the other five steps, I didn't need quite as much. What are the major benefits or drawbacks that the Lazy Dungeon Master method offers to Kurstrad specifically due to its sandbox-like nature? I think that Kurstrad, in my experience and in talking with others, Kurstrad runs best when it's a dynamic situation. So particularly because you have a villain who's very dynamic. Strahd doesn't just hang out at his castle, drinking wine or drinking blood, waiting for the characters to show up and fight him. He's doing things, right? And he's watching the characters and he's seeing what they're up to. And there's a lot of locations in the hardback version of Curse of Strahd, a lot of locations that are sort of outside of his view. So one feature that works well with the steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master is that it supports a dynamic campaign. It allows for a fair bit of change from session to session. So I think that there's a big advantage in following steps that help you work with a very dynamic situation. There's also a lot of really interesting lore that you would either just dump on your characters all at once, or you can feed out in small bits through things like Secrets and Clues. That's one of the advantages that Secrets and Clues has. Instead of doing like massive world building, you're really just saying, what are specific things that the characters can learn? And there's a lot of really interesting things about how Strahd got there and what he's looking for and what was here before and what's going on with all the craziness in the Amber Temple. There's all these little bits that you can drop in piece by piece as the characters are exploring the adventure. How have you successfully used the Lazy Dungeon Master method in your own Curse Strahd games? In my games, the things that I really loved were, I'll give two kind of examples, and they're all both about Strahd. I really love how his opinions of the characters changes throughout the game. So he starts off by like bringing them into Barovia because he's bored and he wants to just bring in some variables into his world to just let the world change a little bit, right? Like let's, let's bring these adventurers in here and let's drop them in and let's see what happens, right? And he starts off very curious and he watches them. One of the things I do is I always have Strahd show up in the first battle. He'll be like in there as a dire wolf or whatever in the background, kind of watching a bunch of wolves attack the characters just to be like, what are these guys like? And, you know, it was really fun when one of the players figured out, oh my God, Strahd is that wolf over there, right? And we're level one. <laughs> so, and he's not going to kill him because he just wants to see what they can do. But throughout, I always had him sort of show up and, and he would kind of, he was very curious about them and he really wanted to see what they were made of. And then there's a point where he realizes, oh my God, these guys are more powerful than me. And I, now I'm not curious about them. Now I'm afraid of them. 
And that's when there's like this switch in the game. And now he's throwing minions at them and he's hurling bad guys at them. And then there's a point where he's like, you know what? Maybe my best bet is to sort of get them on my side. And he invites him to dinner. And the dinner, both of my games, the dinner with Strahd was one of my most memorable D&D moments. And my favorite one was he invited the group there and he's explaining to them that like, look, here's the deal. You want to get out of here and I'll, I can get you out of here. I only need two things in return. One, you need to just leave, right? You can't, we'll call a truce. I won't send anybody after you. You don't send anybody after me. You leave. But Irina stays with me. And Irina kind of looks to the characters and she's like, if no one else has to die and all I have to do is stay with Strahd, maybe my sacrifice is worth it. And she leaves it up to the characters to decide, is it worth it? And I remember like the characters are all like, I don't know, this sounds like a pretty good deal, right? Like we're tired of this place and we're tired of fighting his guys. And like, all we have to do is say yes and it's over. And then one of the players is like, wait a minute, this is Strahd, no way, right? And then it immediately turned into like the bar scene from Inglorious Bastards where like it just turns into war during dinner and vampires come pouring out of the walls and half the guests are vampires and the other half of the players. And it just turned into this massive bloodbath and Strahd is there. And he fights for a while and then he leaves, you know, and it was just these awesome dynamic events that start off with these like cool calculated conversations that just about get the players to decide, you know what, maybe we'll agree with Strahd until they go, wait a minute, we're dealing with the devil almost literally. No. And then the big fight ensues. So I really enjoyed that aspect of his changing character throughout. And a way, the way that sort of fits with the Lazy Dungeon Master style is the style expects that every session is going to be changing from the next. So you're not planning out the next five sessions. You're only worried about the one you're going to run next. And then from what happens there, that leads to the next one. And that leads to the next one. That worked really well in both games that I ran. Do you have any projects you're working on that you could share with us? I'm always working on stuff for my Patreon, patreon.com slash And I've started adding some new sort of lazy Dungeon Master style material over there including one-page adventure generators. These are lists of random tables around a specific type of adventure, like Seven Samurai or Jaws or Heart of Darkness that help DMs build their own adventures quickly and easily. And then the other thing I'm putting over there are, are things called Sly Flourish's Uncovered Secrets, which are like one-page guidelines to help make running D&D a little bit easier. So I'm adding about one of each of those a month onto my Patreon. The other thing I'm working on is I'm working on a book now with Scott Fitzgerald Gray and James Intercasso called Fantastic Layers. We had a Kickstarter that we ran a couple of months ago, and the Kickstarter did very well. So we're going to have 23 layers from levels 1 to 20. These are sort of short boss-focused encounters that you can drop into your D&D game anywhere that you need. We expect that that'll be done before the end of the year. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about your lazy dungeon master prep method. <laughs> 